Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello? Hello? <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. Network Asia. Welcome to She Talks Peace, a podcast that highlights the role of women peace builders around the world in bringing lasting peace and security to communities, eavesdrop on their communities and get to know their stories. From the Philippines to Malaysia, from Indonesia to Palestine, from Myanmar to the United States, their dreams and hopes for a world without violence and a world where every woman and girl can be whoever she wants to be. Hosted by Amin Rasul Bernardo, President of the Philippine Center for Islam and Democracy. This is She Talks Peace. Can you have happiness without peace? Actually, uh, I think peace is maybe the, the highest level of the, of the happiness. In Buddhism, because we have like different levels of happiness, we have the word like "nati uh, santi parang sukhan." It means there is no happiness beyond peace. Hello, everyone. Salam. Welcome to another interesting episode of She Talks Peace. I'm Amina Rasul of the Philippine Center for Islam and Democracy joining you from Manila and hoping that you've had a fun holiday season and ready to meet the new year with vim, vigor, and peace of mind. I had mentioned before a lot about the uh, regional plan of action on women, peace, and security that the ASEAN Uh, governments, the 10 member states of the Association of Southeast Asian Nations, uh, were working on. We launched the Regional Plan of Action in Phnom Penh on uh, December 5, and it was truly exciting. One of the interesting uh, issues that the Regional Plan of Action takes a look at is uh, the role of faith. You know, Religion has been getting a bad uh, reputation, a bad rap uh, these days. If you're looking, for instance, at what's happening in the United States with their very divisive politics, it seems like many religious leaders uh, from what they call the Bible Belt of the United States have been talking a lot about uh, Christian nationalism, and you've got a lot of uh, religious leaders saying that it's not exactly right, as our Jewish uh, brothers and sisters might say, it's not kosher. When you look at faith, uh, 
you look at the teachings of uh, Jesus Christ, or as Muslims call him, Nabi Isa, and you marry it with the desire for political power. And here in our region, young people especially are not sometimes happy with the way that our churches and temples, our faith leaders are welcoming the participation and the voices of young people, the participation and the voices of uh, women. And when you're looking at the regional plan of action on women, peace, and security, the voices of women are very important because, you know, so many surveys, so many studies have been done in the Philippines and in Asia and around the world that show when women and youth are active participants in peace building and peace processes, the foundation is more solid. So what's, what's going on with, uh, with our faith leaders? Uh, in, in the country, which is a predominantly Catholic uh, country, the church have been criticized about their very conservative position on, on women's reproductive health and uh, women's rights. And uh, the same is true, for instance, for my own uh, religion, for the Islamic faith. Now, what about among our Buddhist brothers and sisters, for instance, in, in Thailand. You know, I've been looking at uh, sources on, on the web, and I found something quite intriguing. Did you know, and our guest can correct me if I'm wrong, that officially in, uh, in Thailand, only men can become monks and novices under a Buddhist order uh, that was uh, promulgated in 1928, forbidding the ordination of women. But it seems that there are women who have decided to become white-clad Buddhist nuns, and these Buddhist nuns uh, follow a less strict religious regimen than monks. But in recent years, this white-clad uh, Buddhist nuns have been looking at how to become full-fledged monks, female monks. The term that they use is bhikkhuni, which sort of defies the tradition in Thailand. And they get ordained overseas, in Sri Lanka or, or in India. Quite interesting, don't you think? Uh, I know many of my sisters in, in Thailand are progressive, and they're peace builders, they're devout uh, Buddhists, and they would like to see a, I guess, more participation, more voices heard in, uh, in, in their own faith. Our guest today is a Buddhist monk who is assistant abbot at the Golden Mount Temple in Bangkok, a director of the Institute of Buddhist Management for happiness and peace. Isn't that wonderful? He can tell us a lot about happiness and peace. He founded the For Beautiful Life group in 2001 and was the organization's chairperson until 2015. 
He has trained Buddhist community leaders in Southern Thailand, uh, communities that were affected by violent conflicts, to heal victims and to prevent further conflicts. Our guest also designed a training program to promote peaceful coexistence among peoples of all faiths. He was a founding member of the Buddhist Peace Network and has given many lectures, not just in Thailand, but in Uganda, in Vienna, and he has been an expert on uh, not just peace building, but conflict resolution. Our guest today is the Venerable Napan Thawarn Banjok from Thailand. Welcome, Venerable Napan, to She Talks Peace. Good day to you, Amina, and all audiences. Uh, it's really nice to be here. Thank you for having me in the She Talks piece. <laughs> How have you been? I haven't seen you since October when we had our conference in Bangkok and had such great Thai food. I have been fine. Thank you very much. And we just finished many big events, and especially like last Saturday, it was about the Buddhism in IHL. So how to reduce... Uh, suffering. How does one reduce suffering? This is probably like a one-year course, right? <laughs> yeah, it's about the Buddhism and and international humanitarian law. With the ICIC wanted to encourage uh, Buddhist leaders and also bringing the Buddhism wisdom from two thousand five hundred years ago to be alive in their this time to reduce suffering and also prevent conflict and how to kind of humanize war because in the case of war it's unavoidable how to kind of the prevent that to be too brutal by yes you know applying buddhism so we have our buddhist scholars buddhist monks and people from Sri Lanka, Myanmar, Thailand, for example, to share their thought and uh, think together how to make it happen practically. And that's uh, one of the reasons that we met in, in Bangkok. Uh, that was uh, October 11 and, and 12. Our network, uh, mm -hmm. the Network for Religious and Traditional Peacemakers, brought together uh, faith leaders, women, youth from uh, the whole of Asia, uh, not just Southeast Asia. And we talked about so many ways of uh, uh, working on the very important issue of strengthening the foundation for peace. We were even looking at the role of um, the Women, Peace and Security agenda uh, on mm -hmm. peace building and strengthening our, our interfaith space in uh, not just Southeast Asia, but, um, but in Asia as well. So I wanted to ask you uh, about the, uh, the desire of some of our, uh, our sisters, our uh, Buddhist uh, nuns, for more, uh, I don't know, more visibility, uh, a little bit more role in, in their faith. How can this be done? Because that is part of the Women, Peace and Security agenda. First of all, I need to answer by showing you this. Uh, if you cannot see, I'm holding a little bag with the rope, yellow rope, 
or we you, we can use the word like orange <laughs> because mm. it's, it, it seemed to me like that. And the reason that I'm showing it because I'm gonna tell you that bear with me, bear with monks, bear with each other, because this bear they can he can echo our voice. The reason that I I told you at the beginning that bear with me, bear with m o n k is because in Thailand the concept of Bikuni ordination of female monk ordination, it's new. So it means we cannot just really put that into their people mind that okay we have female monk because for their perception in the last maybe 200 years, so they never saw Bikuni monks in Thailand, and when they didn't understand that we we can ordain. Female monks, they thought that female monk cannot be ordained. Female cannot be ordained, and you can say that their entire land they know that we help nuns. You know, women who want to practice monastically, uh, they can abandon you know their families and then practice, but they wear white cloth and they practice. Like around ten precepts, so Thai people normally they they have that image, but for female monks, this is very new. My point is because in the around you know the time of King Rama the Fifth, also we had someone who wanted their daughter to be ordained, but they didn't do it properly. They just only uh-huh. they just only made it happen, and because of that, the the Supreme Sangkat Council also forbidden that because it didn't. So, for example, to to make it like you know more visible, think about a police who need to pass examination physically, intellectually, and then get trained. When that person certify, and then they can be a proper police. That one thing, but another person just only buy uniform and then put everything on him, and then mm-hmm. ask everyone to consider him as a police. That two different things. So at that time. People consider that as the second one, like you cannot suddenly become bikuni without any uh, proper ritual and their proper disciplines, you know. Because even the process of ordination itself also established by the Buddha, so there are certain rules for the process. Mm-hmm. We need to open this bed and try to do it in a way that understand both sides. I mean, female or women who want to be ordained as a bikuni, we need to understand them and we need to spread to open bed for communication. But we also need to understand people and monks who kind of the not familiar with the idea because uh, to ordain Buddhist female monks. It's kind of the quite hard by the process, and that's yes. why the lineage of bikuni in Thailand 
-hmm. we didn't have that. So the reason that uh, we need to go to Sri Lanka because, uh, how can I say, uh, in terms of history, they have linear, like female mm. ordination, yes. and then, and even that they also invited you know female monks from different we call sect, different nikaya. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you mentioned about the in Japan in China that another sector that another sect we interpret Buddhism differently. Yes. So yeah, so it's it's quite hard uh, in this case to to be on the same page. My point is about we need to understand the difficulties of both sides and try to open the space that you know both sides can study together, can discuss, can exchange their opinions, and we can find a solution for for this. And I think I have to express my high gratitude to you and to this program to open this space for us to talk about this, even in English. <laughs> Venerable Napan, there's something very important that, that we, uh, mm -hmm. my, my researchers and I, really wanted to talk to you about. I mean, you have this Institute for Buddhist Management of Peace and Happiness, mm -hmm. and we would like to know more I mean, about the Buddhist happy, uh, management of happiness and peace. How do you define happiness? Can you have happiness without peace? Actually, I think peace is maybe the, the highest level of the happiness in Buddhism because we have like different levels of happiness. We have the word nati santi parang sukhang. It means there is no happiness beyond peace. Happiness which is peace. That's the, the highest level of happiness. But this peace, maybe it's like more deeply than the definition of peace in general, because this means nirvana, inner peace. Uh, so let me talk about the, the, the Institute of Buddhist Management for Happiness and Peace Foundation first, so I can elaborate more about the, what we try to do here and uh, why related to happiness and peace. But yes, before we go to that, I have another bear for you. <laughs> so another bear. Yes, but this bear it's quite different. It's also in the orange world robe. And Again, it's bigger. But, yes, it's bigger because <laughs> to amplify voices, we need different sides of the amplifiers. And this bear, his name is Fez. And I record this for the campaign Orange the World. Hello, I'm Fez. Tolerance Ambassador of IBHAF Foundation, and I would like to encourage you all to stand up and speak up together to end the base violence. Peace begin with us. Stand up and speak up to end the base violence together. Thank you. That's Thank you. wonderful, Venerable Napan. I love that bear. Send it to me in Manila. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> so this is the point, right? Even I want to send these back to you, even you want to receive this, but if we don't have management, yes, you cannot have this. The same, yes. the, actually, what you can hear, what you just heard, this management, right? Because 
I have been sending the message about Buddhism and SDGs, about management, because in, in, in Buddhism, we have another name of Buddhism apes, Dhamma and Vinaya. Dhamma is in the truth, in nature, the natural law, that Dhamma. But Vinaya is the rules. Vinaya, all the rules that the Buddha established for monks, for lay people, uh, to allow space for monks and lay people to live happily together. Like, for example, a Buddhist monk, uh, we live our life depending on what we put offer because we want to go straight to nirvana, to, to reach our inner peace. So to do that, we don't need to plant the tree or plant the vegetarian vegetables. We cannot cook. So because of that, we don't need to work like as a regular work, but we work as a meditation, study what the Buddha taught and then practice and then disseminate what the Buddha taught for people to people who have no time like us because they have to take care of their families. A few time that they can spend taking care of monks, monks gonna take care of them in return, but in a different way. Lay people take care of monks, like physically by providing food, road medication or even the temple where we live but monks take care of lay people you know intellectually spiritually so that management that vinaya that the rules so because of that you can see that even my robe so for example in your kid i mean i may refer to you when you go to the wedding you're going to wear different clothes right when you go That's to right, funeral yes. You wear another dress. You need to worry about the, what do you call, like the, the, the ethic court or something. I'm not sure when you go to some parties or some official ceremony, you need to worry about your dress court. But for me, as a Buddhist monk, I wear this robe only. Funeral, wedding, parliament, temple, Library, the same, the same cloth. So because of this management, I don't need to spend more time on picking cloth. Oh, what should I wear? And when I travel, I need to pack. I don't need to pack like different, uh, many clothes because even the <laughs> one week travel, I have just only one or two robe and people cannot distinguish that I wear the same robe or the new robe. So for example, this is a, the, the concept of management in the name of the Institute of Buddhist Management for Happiness and Peace Foundation. So the way that I use this bar, face bar, which produces by our female followers. So actually her name is Kuntuk. So she pr produced that and she put the record. So I use it as an amplifier for women, for youth, because in a way, Religious space, I mean, maybe 80%, it's kind of the space for male and like male dominant. I, I want to eliminate that barrier. So I use this and because another bar, so these are the voice of their female. Seriously, because I went to visit the embassy of. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Sweden. Hi, this is Anna from Sweden. I work at the embassy in Bangkok. I think combating uh, violence against women and girls is one of the key issues that we need to come together and do. So this Orange the World campaign is a very important contribution to that. And that way we help women and children uh, come to the enjoyment of the human rights and reach their full potential. Thank you. So again, this is the example of management. And in our institute, so we do this kind of thing. We bring the concept of Vinaya, of the rules, of the management in Buddhism, in Buddhist culture, and use it to reduce inequality, to do many things according to SDG, Sustainable Development Goals. That's it in our DNA. For example, this is a, a piece of cloth we call receiving cloth because in the rules, in the culture, not, not actually, not actually in the Vinaya, monks cannot, you know, receive things from hand of women because, I see. Uh, yeah. So because we cannot touch or be touched by women, that's the mm-hmm. way the same. This is the same rule to, to female monks. Uh, we cannot touch or be touched by the, the opposite gender. So mm-hmm. because of that, we use this idea and we bring circular economy concept to reduce waste from the cloth industry to produce this. So it means because of this received cloth, receiving cloth, we reduce carbon footprint, you know, equal 1.35 kilometers. And we have QR code here. So people, when, especially women who run the world, when, when they offer us food or anything, we receive a uh, stuff given by them. And then we can ask them to, to scan QR code. And we work on this with Malu. Malu is an organization who work on circular economy. And not just only that, even the Buddhist bag that I hold all the time. You cannot see because you listen to us. I'm going to just cry a bit. This bag is in green and with the same using the circular economy concept. So instead of the, the waste cloth of their medical staff, I mean, their professional like nurse and their, and doctors in the hospital. This is the green one. This is the, the cloth that left from that production. And then we turn it into Buddhist back for monk, Buddhist monk back. We can, we can 
call that because monks in Thailand they have to carry these back all the time. And recycling is very much part and parcel of um, of your group. And if I may, may, I may try to really understand. You were mm-hmm. talking about uh, truth and the the necessary the necessity of of following rules, for instance, uh, on the path to peace, right? So you cannot really be evolved and be enlightened if you do not follow a path in your search for for peace, right? And um, part of the rules of behavior that you and your group are working on is recycling, um, allowing women's voices, protecting women's rights. It seems to me, Venerable Napan, that um, in the work that you do, you and your group, you're very, very much into the sustainable development goals, right? This, yes, the, definitely. You've been promoting SDGs. Every time we meet, you're talking yes. about SDGs. So this is your life. Yes, because I I can share with you that for me, my personal interpretation I see what the Buddha mm-hmm. has had been trying to do in his own time. It's about, you know, reduce or eliminate poverty because he dis- he tried to eliminate the social, the unjust social structure. If we can utilize Buddhism as social capital, to better this world, and this world, it doesn't mean just only Thailand, but also this world, really. Why not? Why we don't do that? So uh, the first time when I shared about this idea, it's I think around 18, I got invited to chair on the first Vesak ceremony in the EU parliament. So I gave the title, Buddha Day and SDGs from Individual Inner Peace to Peaceful Society. It means... Buddha Day is mean the day that the Buddha like was was born, right, and enlightened, and also passed away. And that Buddha Day, an SDG, sustainable development goal from inner peace, individual inner peace, because so many people misunderstood about the Buddhism, especially Theravada Buddhism, in the region that we just only focus on individual purification, but actually no, the Buddha himself. The management, the vinaya, the rule. It's for monks who want to focus more on purification, but in a way need to help people to be happier as well. So because of that, from individual inner peace to peaceful society, it means the way that we live together, we can reach our inner peace and also provide the proper social structure that can help people to reach the highest potential to be happy. That's what we do. And yeah, you're right. It's all about SDGs because in the Buddha time, he already did that. But at that time, there was no uh, SDG term yet. You know, Venerable uh, Napan, sometimes I think that when when you explain it, it seems so so simple. If you want to be on the right path to peace and enlightenment, uh, mm-hmm. Don't want more. Uh, live a simple life. Care for your environment so that you can be at peace with uh, with nature. Do not waste. But you know, 
we live in such a consumer-oriented society. I mean, when you were talking about uh, clothes, for instance, you wear a saffron robe, whether you go to a formal event with the prime minister of Thailand or you go to the village to, to talk with your people. But for those who are part of a Western culture, you're right. When you go to a party, you have to dress better than if you go to your garden. But that is that is difficult. That is difficult to do, a venerable yes. Napan. So how do you reach out, for instance, to young Thai, uh, the, the, the Thai youth, who are very fashionable and very much uh, influenced by uh, Western culture? How do you reach out to them to follow? this path to enlightenment, happiness, and peace. Thank you very much indeed for your such a great question, Amina. I think it's the same. First of all, Western culture is culture. Buddhist culture is also culture. So now the the, the most important question is how are we going to influence Buddhist culture in the world that overwhelmed with the Western culture? That I think we need to uh, make she talk for peace more popular <laughs> because you're gonna oh, yes, open, sure. yeah you you open space more for this kind of uh, social cohesion right I think the same the reason that I carry the bag that came from the circular economy and also carry the message about the Buddhism for SDG with the sticker like my face on it. And the reason that uh, we always, you know, went uh, go on Facebook Live every Wednesday, Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday because we want to communicate. We need to inspire people. But and you know what? Right now, I we consider that we kind of there succeed because you cannot see this. Sorry about that. Maybe this is. Would be an idea that next time, I mean, next year, she talk for peace, maybe, you know, have like podcasts and so can watch video on YouTube as well. <laughs> because, you know, you, you can know that, right? Like one picture worth a thousand words. So now That's I give right. you a thousand words. This, this is the picture of the, the Skyline magazine. Skyline is my name, Napan. Actually, it means skyline. So because uh-huh. of that, people who listen to my talk and they impress and they want to create a new culture, as I suggested, they gather together since last year, last October. Right now, uh, on this community, we have 7.8 thousand members and we have like 36,000 followers on page. It's not that much. But at least for me, we're growing. And this is kind of the audience-oriented strategy. Our follower created the Skyline magazine digitally. And then they brought uh, the messages that I share with them. And also the example of people who follow that. Right now, young generation, they know this. They know about their fast fashion destroy everyone including the world and themselves so right now so many people try to use just only one color what simple mm-hmm. one simple uniform 
in many occasions. So now they try to follow the train of a Buddhist monk or the Buddha train in the past. So now so many people working on that and not just really recycling, upcycling as well. This is our motto, right? Peace in one heart, start in one hand. So when you start with your hand first and then you gather, you, you put your head together, your heart together and your hand together. So that can create impact, just only one person. So because of it right now, we can see that trend and the, yeah, I, I, I want to finish just that's it. That right now, what we have been doing right now, giving us a very positive impact. And hopefully you will be follow our page. <laughs> you can type, you know, Venerable Napan VN and then Napan NAPN. You can find the page or IB Half Foundation, IBHAP Foundation. So we can, we can study or learn from each other and when we can work together to better this world. Please tell us about the peace building initiative that you have in Southern Thailand. What's that about? How, how do you go about helping be, uh, build peace in uh, conflict-affected communities in Southern Thailand? We went to the Deep South holding this principle that no harm verbally, no harm physically. So it means at the time some monk got killed, you know, by their people who wanted to, to be independent from Thai state. So because mm-hmm. of that, so many Thai Buddhists, they, they got angry with different faith. And then some of monks, some of Thai Buddhists wanted or already moved from the area because they suffer and they don't want to be cute. So because of that, we went there to prevent more migrations and also calm people down. People, it means Buddhist monks, lay people in the deep south who, who were minority there. So mm-hmm. what we try to do is just like to bring them back to what they would have taught nonviolence. The most important thing is about the problem cannot be solved by hatred. Because the reason that someone get monk got monkeys, it happened because of the hatred. Why mm-hmm. we're gonna use that hatred, which is the first cause of whole problems again? So my right. point is about first of all, nonviolence. Second of all, we need to take care of each other. If we want to live there happily, first of all, peace begin with you, and then work together. Try to understand because the one who got monkeys, they wanted to divide people there in the deep south. Both religious, both, both faith already live happily together right. for more than 200 years, I think. That's right. Yeah. But because of the, because people be, with bad intention wanted to divide them. Mm-hmm. So they, they use that. So if we didn't want that to work, so if we kind of there got get angry and then kind of there, how can I say, get angry with everyone who who share the same faith with people who got monkeys. In mm-hmm. that case, we help people who are trying to do that succeed. We shouldn't do that at all. We need to understand that they they they, they were doing this because they want to, to take us apart and destroy all of us 
sometimes they're using the name of religion, but it's not at all. No religion teaching that we don't create more angers or revenge, but at least we can focus on the problems. And also we estimate the network of monks who trying to use counseling to help each other, help people, and also community development. And because of that, I kind of got attention from the, got intention from the, from the public, uh, from the international community. And because of that, uh, they invited me to share. And at the time, I remember that I share until I, my hands a bit exhausted <laughs> because it, at the time I couldn't communicate in English good enough. So I need my hand to explain. <laughs> so but, yeah, I think right now it's uh, already work because actually the work with ICSC on last Saturday also related to what I, I did in the Deep South as well. Because of that, I kind of, the people know me that I am a Buddhist monk who work on peace building based on what they're taught and also interfaith dialogue. And once people ask me that, why I had to work with their people of different faith. Even, even we know that maybe they should be the one of the groups that maybe queue monks. Or someone told me that why in the deep south, so we have some extremist monks who want to pay revenge to the other. And when I approached them, some people also, oh, you are a peace builder monk. If you hang out with those, your image is going to be destroyed or something. My answer to them, both sides, it's just like, no matter who they are, Buddhist monk or different faith, even they extremists, but they always reason behind being that extremist. If people listen to a person easily, why that person need to shout out? So yeah. if people like us, peace builder, don't try to approach them, come closer to them. If we can do that, they don't need to shout out anymore. Extremist monk, extremist, different faith, the same. If we close enough to them, they not need to shout out. And that help with situation. Start with your mindset first. And then thank you. Thank you for that, uh, Venerable Napan. Truly, uh, I, I can see the value of, of what you said, that um, violent extremists or extremists in general just speak louder because they are not hurt by society. So they choose violent forms perhaps to uh, put their their message across. Very important lessons for those of us in the peace-building community to really listen, perhaps arguing it's not the, the point of it. It's the listening and the acceptance of uh, another person's point of view, different though it may be from, from mine. But before we go, Venerable Napan, as we are facing the new year, what is your message for our listeners on facing the year to come with all of its challenges? Your message, Venerable Napan. Thank you very much. I want your time to fly. <laughs> like mm -hmm. one hour here, it flies very quickly because it's a time of happiness. At least for both of us, I hope so, right? I mean, are you happy, right? Oh, yes, absolutely. Okay, so hopefully that 
our audience would feel the same. So time flies when you're happy. So because of that, I want your new year to be a time of happiness. Then you're going to feel that this year, next year, flies very quickly. But to do that, I need to continue with the one that I shared with the Amina that if you change your mindset, that's the way that you begin to create a new set of mind. Mindset and then setting a new mind. So change your mindset first. And because of that, you change your behavior, you change the way that you communicate with people surrounding you. That's the management. That's the same management in the work of our organization instead of Buddhist management for happiness and peace foundation. So make it your foundation. I mean, the ground of everything in your life. Begin with management, anger management, mind management, time management, this kind of thing that can, can manage your year. And because your year is kind of consists of minutes, of seconds, of minutes, of hours, of day, of weeks, of months, and then year, many years is your life. So this is kind of the life management begin with this second peace in one heart. Start in one hands, our. So, peace begin with you. I may say happy new year to all of you. <laughs> That's from the back. That is wonderful. <laughs> Your bear greets us also. Happy new year. Thank you so much, Venerable Napan, for sharing not just your philosophy, but actually what you are doing uh, to help our communities become more cohesive, uh, learning to listen to the uh, to the other, because sometimes, who knows, maybe their point of view has validity in, uh, in what you face. So, dear listeners, remember uh, Venerable Napan's message, peace in one's heart, start in one's hand. And maybe we can start implementing that as we face the new year. By the way, dear listeners, if you want to find out more about the, what Venerable Napan is doing, go to Facebook and search for him, T-I-K Napan, uh, T-I-K Napan on Facebook. You can also search for his organization, I-B-H-A-P. So go search on Facebook, or if you like, you can also send us an email at shetalkspeacepodcast at gmail.com if you have some comments for Venerable Napan. So dear listeners, I know that you're excited to face the new year. You're strengthening yourself to face the new year. Let me greet you as Venerable Napan has. Happy New Year, be strong, and let me echo Venerable Napan again. Peace in one's heart starts in one's hand. She Talks Peace is brought to you in partnership with Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics, the easiest way to monetize your podcast. For more information, check out their website at podcastnetwork.asia and podmetrics.co. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. 
Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweaters starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.